0: You're listening to Solar Insiders, a fortnightly update on the ins and outs of the solar industry and what it means for consumers, with Renew Economies editor, Giles Parkinson, and leading solar industry veteran, Nigel Morris. Solar Insiders is brought to you by Solar Analytics, suppliers of intelligent solar monitoring.
1: Hello, and thanks for joining our podcast. This is Solar Insiders, a fortnightly chat about the solar industry with me, Giles Parkinson, the editor of one step off the grid and renew economy. And Nigel Morris, a solar industry veteran, and now with Solar Analytics. Nigel, how are
0: you? Oh, uh, call the brigade, Giles. I'm on fire, uh, having so much fun. <laughs> well, that's good. Look, it's
1: it's it's just an amazing industry out there at the moment. I mean, so much is happening, just both in the solar industry and energy and energy wide. Um look let's just we're going we're going today we're going to have a good look at the battery storage industry but I just want to sort of touch off on some of the news of the week as it were um mm. still more happening in the um the solar industry a 6 megawatt installation at Brisbane Airport it's going to be the biggest um it's not going to be all on one roof it's going to be on several roofs and a little bit of it is going to be ground mounted but um pretty significant development in the scheme of things
0: it sure is, Giles. And, and you know, it, it just never ceases to amaze me. Uh, I've just come back from a, a, a trip on the road around to visit a whole bunch of clients uh, around the southeast Coast. And these types of projects are just going to keep coming, despite what Tony Abbott thinks, it seems. Um, the, the stories that I'm hearing about clients realising that large-scale solar on their rooftop just makes great business sense, it, they're just endless. The stories just keep coming.
1: Oh, I think the most um the the most poignant and the most timely one I think was the um the announcement about Wayala today uh, this week sorry, um so if you remember the UK billionaire Sanjeev Gupta came in and bought the old one steel steel plant in um, in Wayala which had gone bankrupt, um, this was the town that um, Tony Abbott said would go become a ghost town if we had too many too much renewables or a carbon price, Sanjeev Gupta is saying that no. Nope, I'm going to save it and renewable energy is going to be the key and in a beautiful set of timing tony abbott was on 2gb this week saying that you can't power a steel plant with renewables you just can't do it and a day later Sanji gutta is up there saying
0: well yes you can and we're going to do that it's so the- it's it's so good to see. i mean when businesses start saying you know we don't care because this just makes business sense it kind of proves the whole point
1: doesn't it well, exactly, and I think we're going to start seeing business lead now on this because we're seeing One Steel, well, the the renamed Liberty One Steel, um, they're going to be putting rooftop solar on, in the first instance on 150 of their rooftops um, of all their steel mills and the other associated things around around the country. Then in Wyala, wow. they're going to be putting in large scale solar, some pumped hydro, possibly some battery storage, put in some co generation to make use of all the waste heat. And gosh, we're wasteful with heat and stuff like that. I mean, two thirds of the energy we actually produce just disappear in heat and just let out the window um so that's going to be fantastic and, and we've seen one steel do the same oh not one steel sorry sun metals do the same thing up in queensland and we've seen yes. Telstra do the same thing so yep. business really coming to the party now
0: it is it, it, it i don't know how our listeners are going to have time to tune in giles
1: well look in fact i've <laughs> actually <laughs> well look hopefully they do and maybe they can do it on the <laughs> while they're driving to the yeah, next uh, on, the to way, way, on the way that's it. on the way <laughs> absolutely Look, um, let's get into battery storage because that's something that we've been sort of dancing around but haven't really got fully into yet in any of our little podcasts here. And I really want Mm. to do um, this because it is the big question. When is battery storage happening? We hear that it is going to happen. We hear that the price falls are going to be even more spectacular than what we've seen Mm. in in solar PV. We hear from AEMO, for instance, the Australian Energy Market Operator, about how important it will be. But um, I guess we would get to see or hear about exactly how quickly it's been taken up. Now, there was um, your old friend or your, our, our friend Warwick Johnson from Sunweeds came out with a, um, a big report this week um, talking about the number of battery storage um, installations that had been installed. He hit the number at around about 7,000, which is what the total mm-hmm. was for the whole of last year. Mm-hmm. He reckons we should be able to get to 20,000, which is kind of what he predicted at the start of the year. What's your take on these numbers?
0: Yeah, look, it's, I mean, sadly, it's one part of the industry that we don't have firm numbers on. um, So you have to kind of uh, reverse engineer it, but... um, Just just, just hold up there. Why don't we have firm numbers? Well, simply because... We get firm numbers on PV installations because the STC registrations allow us to you know, pretty accurately measure what's going on out there, or indeed LGCs as well. But there's, there's nothing attached to battery storage like that, so um, there's no registry requirement, there's no, there's no requirement that is in the public domain like there is with PV.
1: So people are putting them in and no one knows?
0: Yeah, that's right. That's right. I mean, what you can do, um, of course, is talk to the suppliers and, and get out there and um, you can get a really good sense of it. And in fact, the, uh, you know, interestingly, the sense that I get when you look across the social media forums at the promotion that various companies are doing of, you know, look what we installed this week or look what I've just done or whatever, um, they're prolific. Uh, we're seeing all sorts of really, really great work um, going on out there um, using a real mix of products. So, you know, clearly the market is alive and well. I was chatting with one of the country's biggest wholesalers this morning and talking to them about it, and they're seeing very, very strong demand. So it's definitely happening. Will we get to 20,000? I don't know, Giles, it's going to be a big stretch, um, largely um, because of the Tesla factor, I think. There are a lot of people who are sitting in their hands who've placed orders for Powerwall 2s. They aren't available at the moment. There's no stock coming into the country. Uh, uh, So there's been a sample go out, but there's a lot of people sitting, waiting. And and Elon, bless him, has done a great job of promoting. So people are are waiting. Um, So the challenge now for everyone around them is to try and grab those customers and convince them to go another way, or else we could we'll see a slow year.
1: That's interesting. So, what's happening with the Powerwall too? I thought some of them had come in, or had they just come in in small numbers?
0: They came in in small numbers. They got uh, they got some good. This sounds like out. the classic
1: Tesla's tease. Yeah, exactly,
0: exactly. You know, sell it and 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 get the book full, and then work out how to get it into production. Um, great way to get a, a full order book and understand the demand before you ramp your factory up. So, you know, good on them. Um, if if you're not Tesla, though, it's a pain in the butt because uh, it means that you can't sell your batteries. to those customers.
1: While we're on the uh, subject of Tesla, they've got a big announcement next Friday um, over in Jamestown where they're putting in the big battery, which is not the same thing as the Powerwall 2, it's their Power Packs, which is the 100 kilowatt hour um, units, and there's going to be a whole bunch of them, enough to make up 100 megawatts and 129 megawatt hours. So, some important announcement next week, and I wouldn't be surprised if it's got something to do with the connection agreement and the 100-day countdown to um, finalising that contract.
0: Yeah, that stands to reason. And uh, I know uh, a few of my friends and colleagues, in fact, are all getting ready to jump in their Teslas and, and do a greatly huge convoy across the country. A uh, the, the, uh, lot of Tesla owners have been invited, so uh, there's, power, there's, there's charging destination points going in left, right and centre. And uh, one of my good pals is, is going along for the ride on the trip as their tech support and advisor. Um, went into my garage today and took on my charge adapters and getting ready to go. <laughs>
1: Well, look, I might have to get a trip back from him because I'm going to fly down as well. But I was just looking at the prices to fly back on the Saturday, and it's outrageous. So um, if any Tesla drivers out there and want to give me a lift back on Saturday, I'd be, I'd be, I'd be glad for it. <laughs> look, let's have a look. Look, um, The world is not just about Tesla. A um, bunch of other brands, um, brands around there. Um, the industry leader, in fact, is um, LG Chem.
0: Yeah, look. I mean, again, as we, as I was saying before, it's hard to know without exact numbers, but uh, clearly, um, going on all the conversations that I've, I've had with people and what you're seeing out there, I think LG Chem are still leading, um, from what we can see. They did very well in some of Warwick's surveys, his, his surveys on battery manufacturers in terms of brand and price and support and other things. Um, they've got an interesting model that, that doesn't keep everyone happy, but there's no doubt about it. Their brand is really powerful. Um, their product is really good. It's very well priced, and so it's, it's very 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 popular um, so until we hear otherwise I think it's probably reasonable to bet that they're probably dominating but remember of course that is the battery only that we're talking about with LG Chem it's not a complete solution like you get in the Powerball 2 or some of the other products that are out there.
1: Which is interesting because the, um, they do actually do um, solar modules in
0: fact they've got some of the best solar modules out there. Yeah, true. And and certainly they've talked about integrating it. And I guess um, I can't speak for them, but my suspicion is they're just kind of watching and waiting. There's quite a few people out there, uh, you know, who have been very deliberately just trying to see how this plays out before they jump in too fast. And of course, we already know. Uh, Giles, that multimode and hybrid inverters, they're they a complicated beast, right? It's, uh, uh, it's not not an easy thing to do well. So um, my guess is that LG Chem might just be patiently watching to see how the market responds and what type of product uh, size and feature set is required.
1: Mm. The other two brands that rated quite well in Warwick's survey were Sonnen and um, Enphase. Um, mm. What do we know about how they're travelling?
0: Yeah, look, you know, I'm a bit of an Enphase fan, uh, has to be said, and I, I happen to have one of their products on, on my home. And as an, as a, someone who's installed and sold and done other things, I really do love the simplicity of, of their Cute little box. Um, it's it's really uh, just a, a delight to install and very simple to operate. Um, so they've really got that going for them. But they don't have the price. Um, they're a little bit they're a little bit X y at this stage and the feature sets somewhat limited. Um, and so I, I don't know that they're getting the penetration rates that they'd originally um, hoped and expected uh, because the price has moved so rapidly around them. But they're certainly mm-hmm. still kicking along.
1: Yeah, no, that's definitely um, not the case, or d- definitely the case that they're not meeting those targets. And look, um, I've got to declare that I've got an end phase as well, and. Um Absolutely delighted with it, and just about to come up with my up to my first anniversary, which I will be writing about of my sort of solar and storage system, and um, that's been pretty exciting. Um, one little thing I'd observe is that I've been using about one kilowatt hour from the grid a day for the last two weeks, um, wow. and that's with two tiny little batteries. So um, that's pretty amazing.
0: It is, you know, it, what 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 else is amazing? Is it to, to me? It's highlighted, jobs because I'm the same. I've only got a tiny one, and I was actually sitting there the, the, the other the other night at home you know nerding it out and it suddenly struck me that my electric vehicle was recharging uh, in the shed and um, I was just happily sucking the solar power out that I'd stored during the day and recharging my bike in the evening off, off my battery and um, you know I don't even care that I'm not putting 100% of the charge into it the fact that I can even partially support it it's just a wonderful beautiful thing.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> and look, if you own a share in the sun, you'd be making even more money out of it. Um,
0: yeah, that's
1: right. <laughs> now, um, Sunnyn an interesting one too. Um, they made a big splash. Um, they flew everybody out and had all sorts of people down for a big function down in Sydney. Um, free electricity—that um, seemed to be the pitch of their their thing. Basically, they are, they were suggesting was that you put you, if you got solar, you put in Sonnen, you basically get free electricity plus a very small fixed tariff how's that going for them
0: yeah it's really interesting i mean like you say huge flurry of activity and interestingly when when tesla ran short of stock a lot of the the big name guys who had been doing a lot of tesla very quickly switched to the sonnen product so they clearly are Uh, are either promising availability or have got availability and and a very different offer they've really gone after that not just the the um, a fully integrated package in terms of the hardware and the electronics but also extending that further um, right out in into even beyond demand services like like uh, some of the control guys do but right into the retail space and saying we're going to get right into the thick of this and and play in a retail deal with this and the battery and the solar just happens to be you know the enabling Uh, uh, technology around that um uh, which is really cool but interestingly when i talk to people out there who've had a good hard look at it i I actually had uh, a really good guy say to me the other day you know i sat there and i listened to the presentation i tried to understand it i got to the end of it and i still didn't understand it and so i walked out of the meeting say well if i can't understand it how am i going to explain this to a customer right and so there's this issue that you get when we reach too far out beyond it's a battery or it's an inverter or it's an integrated solution when you when you keep making these offers ever more far reaching you do introduce a lot of complexity and and um, you know that's hard for consumers to get their head around it's hard for sales guys to sell with so it'd be really interesting to see whether they can whether they can you know, get the sales guys across the line with it and whether consumers can get their head around it so we'll have to wait yeah. and see on that yeah, well, it would be nice to
1: think that you could actually sort of turn the old sort of um, the old industry paradigm, or you know, the utility industry, which was confusion is profit, yeah. and sort of turn it upside down and make simplicity is profit, or simplicity is gain, or or, or, or something like that. I mean, something maybe, like that. Maybe mm. not a marketing person, but um, that's. I mean, look, one of the reasons why we're paying such high bills at the moment, and and from the grid, is that no one's understood anything about the grid, and basically all the established utilities. Um, basically been fleecing customers all the way through. We've seen it with the networks, we've seen it with the retailers, we've seen it with the wholesalers. Yep. The thing that worries me a lot is that some of these new technologies come in and just basically jump on the very same bandwagon because they know they probably can, whereas to me the idea of all these new technologies surely must be we've got to be able to deliver lower cost to consumers.
0: Yeah, that's right. And and I think this is the challenge that we've got now. The technology cost is coming down rapidly, but we're not there yet. So, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of jiggery-pokery that we've got to do to get these offers to stack up and, and make it palatable. And I think what we're seeing, clearly what we're seeing is a lot of people just testing, right? Just testing. Mm. It's very, very early days. So, okay, let's try it this way. Let's try it that way. Maybe we bundle this in. Maybe we don't bundle that in. Maybe we integrate the whole solution. Maybe we just sell just the battery or just the inverter. So I, I, I think it's realistically, it's still a year or two out before we see everything settle down and work out. What the easiest, clearest pathway through? Um, there'll always be a choice, but I think we've still got a way to go to see, you know, what the perfect solution is.
1: Yeah, that's going to be interesting. And look, let's not um, just focus on those top four. There's other sort of new battery storage solutions coming down the track. Um, two that I can think of are BYD and Solidus Opal Storage. Um, whereabouts are they placed? And anything else on the horizon?
0: Yeah, look, I mean, they're, they're classic examples of the fact that there are lots of products, lots of suppliers looking at the Australian market. And if, if you're anyone in storage, you've got to be here. We're going to be the biggest market, no doubt. BYD had a big song and dance a while back and launched their products. And haven't seen a lot, but I'm, I'm sort of... Quietly, quietly suspicious that they might be doing a bit of volume just in the background, just chipping away. Big company, not such a strong brand though, at least not in the eyes of Australian consumers. So, be interesting to see how that plays out. Um, and Solar Juice—they've—they've they've got a slightly different strategy. Again, they've said, "Look, we've been selling a lot of product into the market um, uh, from a variety of different suppliers. What, what have we learnt from that? And they've now actually integrated their own solution. So they've taken a rack." mounted lg product they've taken the solar x uh, uh, multi-mode hybrid inverter bundled it all together um, put it in a fireproof uh, uh, enclosure to meet the standards requirements tried to tick all those boxes of what consumers are looking for got it uh, ip rated so it can go outside without there being any dramas and getting ready to launch in november so i think that'll be a a nice one to watch, you know.
1: Mm. The good news is, I suppose, is that we did hear this week that the Standards Australia um, suddenly, there's finally been some progress on that. You know, there was this all this big push to sort of put all these battery storage units, make sure they go outside, make sure they're surrounded by fireproof materials. In effect, put them in like a, some sort of bunker. But they seem to have sort of some sort of common sense and reality has dawned, and, and, and they seem to be have found a way forward on that, or at least agreed to have another meeting on it. So um, I think that's probably positive news um let's just think about this just from the consumer point of view right now because a lot of consumers out there and battery storage is pretty damn confusing as we've kind of alluded to during this conversation what are the things that consumers need to think about most i mean i'm just sort of thinking about um not all batteries are the same not all batteries do the same sort of thing You know you could have batteries, do you want backup to protect equipment, do you want backup just because you don't want to have your lights go out, do you simply want to store your solar um, in the box because you just want to, are you actually trying to play some sort of arbitrage, are you doing different sort of things, Um, and sometimes I guess that people would probably, wouldn't necessarily need as much storage as maybe they might think they do.
0: Yeah, that's, you know, you've summed it all up really well, Giles, and when I was retailing a couple of years back, this was the challenge that we faced every day. People know that the idea of storage is wonderful. Everyone loves that idea, Uh, like my experience I talked about before, being able to shift my solar from the day into the night and then use it to charge my EV. Wonderful, wonderful concept, but of course there are a million things that you can actually do and how do you do it, and and I... I don't know the answer to that, Giles, but the only thing that I do know is that, and I had this conversation with a consumer this morning, same sort of questions, and I said, look, the thing thing that we need to know to do this properly is we need to know what your demand profile looks like, that energy-aware stuff that we were talking about last week. You can't size a battery until you know what the demand profile looks like. Most people probably don't have enough solar on their roof, so you've actually got to analyse that and probably add some more solar to get the most out of the storage. So. I always come back, and I would say this being a data guy, but I always come back to the data. You need to start by really understanding uh, what the situation is that you're dealing with. So yeah. that's that's always my advice, is start with data.
1: Right? Yeah, well, that's so true. Look, I went to dinner last week um, with, with someone, and they're talking about having sort of storage, and they sort of said, well, what, how big a battery should we get and how much solar should we um, should we have? And I said, well, how much electricity do you use? And they said, well, I don't really know, actually. And I said, well, yeah. find out. And then I'll yeah. tell you. Well, <laughs> then I'll give you some advice at least. And, um, yeah, so um, find out what you can use. So I guess the thing is, find out how much you use, work out how much you can save, work out what you can change, and then start thinking about solar and then start thinking about storage.
0: That's it. That's it. Yeah. And, of course, as we know, whenever you do the economics, Charles do the most solar you can possibly fit on the roof. That's where the big savings are, that's where everything starts. And and put this is what I said to my, my punter that, a friend this morning, I said, whatever you do, just put as much solar on your roof as you possibly can to start with. Whether you do storage today or in a year or two years, doesn't matter, you're still gonna need that solar, especially if you add storage.
1: And the other reason for doing that is that probably solar is probably between about five cents and ten cents a kilowatt hour right now, depending on where you live and what sort of quality system you buy. And you can probably get at least that just by selling it back to the grid right now.
0: Even more, I updated my tariff uh, the other day, um, our little software program here at Solar Analytics allows you to program in your export rate, I-, I checked with my supplier and went cripes, I've gone from 5 cents to 12.8 cents a kilowatt hour now for my exports, which is wonderful, right?
1: Well, I'm, ge- I'm, I'm, I'm getting 16 cents for
0: my exports. Oh, there you go. So yeah, it's interesting now that those exports are starting to, to be worth more.
1: But I'm still getting clobbered by $1. $.60 a day um, fixed network charge. So oh. when those battery storage costs come down, then um, I might just take decisive action. Yeah Let's just finish off with your own experience. I mean you actually ride a battery each day, so to speak. Um, a battery with <laughs> wheels, um, your zero motorbike. 35,000k, three years old, battery still working.
0: Battery is in wonderful shape. Um, uh, It's been really interesting to talk to other owners and users around the world, especially in this generation that I've got, where we moved to a later gen of of pouch cells. Um, After 35,000 Ks, um, I must say, working the throttle hand pretty damn hard on it too, um, I haven't seen any noticeable change in my range at all, which is a really good test, because I'm hitting it with big currents, 440 amps, uh, so flogging the thing, heat, temperature, vibration, Bumps, hot, cold, everything you can possibly imagine. No noticeable degradation at all. Um, so it's a great real-world test for me of really how, how robust uh, lithium-ion lithium batteries are these days. It's, uh, it's a wonderful thing
1: good on you look Nigel we're going to wrap it there thank you very much I'm sure we're going to get back to this battery storage thing again or sometime soon because they're going to see more products we're going to see more interest um, but um, great talking to you again and um, thank you to Solar Analytics for sponsoring and thank you to our listeners for listening
0: yeah talk to you next week Giles good on you mate bye bye Solar Insiders is brought to you by Solar Analytics, designers and suppliers of smart solar monitoring. By navigating the changing energy landscape, Solar Analytics helps increase solar performance and saves money. Visit solaranalytics.com.au, get empowered and make the most of your home energy.